We wanted to give a, a second set of initial instructions uh, this afternoon. And so I want to uh, offer some further um, suggestions and, and options for our settling practice, our concentration practice. Typically at this time of day, for the rest of the retreat, we'll be having practices uh, and instructions and practices of metta or loving kindness, uh, which is quite uh, important to connect with the concentration practice, with the spirit of this practice. Really brings the uh, kind of the holding of care and compassion to this continual focusing on the same object, for most of us, the breath. So I'll give a few further suggestions, and at the end of the period, we'll sit for a little less than 45 minutes, then we'll have a little bit of time for any questions that have arisen uh, in the course of the day. So first of all, one general suggestion, which many of you may follow in your practice, this is not so much specific to concentration, but can be very helpful for concentration practice, which is to start right when you begin a session with the setting of intentions. And in particular, uh, I like to work with uh, two types of intention. One is a more general intention where I connect with my uh, aspiration generally for the practice. It might be to become free or to um, develop further in wisdom and compassion or whatever it might be. And just to touch with that for 30 seconds or a minute, something like that. And a second aspect of intention can be more specific in relation to the actual practice that we're doing. And so it might be after having said, I intend to develop in wisdom and compassion. And then we say, and for this session, relaxed and alert, (laughs) something like that. Or it could just be to use a word that really resonates with you. Um, It could be uh, to trust or to, uh, to keep coming back or whatever it might be. And so I'll invite us, if you'd like to try that right now, just to take a minute or so and connect with intention. Could be one or both of of these kinds of intention. And that working with intention can be done with every session like that, or it can be, I personally uh, work with that um, about four times a day. I tune into the intention. And I'm offering that in the spirit of a number of our instructions, which will really be to share what has been uh, useful for us. And you'll, you'll hear different suggestions and instructions, and it's really to see what resonates with you. Um, And I'll I'll offer some further suggestions that I have particularly found helpful, but really to see whether this resonates. We're not, we'll each be offering really what's been helpful in our own experience. So a few other words about about posture um, and about the being with the body in, in our practice. I think the single most important uh, considerations for me are two. One is to have the back straight 
And the second is to feel that connection of groundedness with the connection with the chair or the cushion. And one suggestion which I have found helpful, if you're sitting in a chair, I find it actually helpful to have the back free. And so you might, there, there are ways of um, sitting, so you kind of create a little bit of pressure, so there's a little bit of forward leaning that can have the back be straight, but not right against the back of, back of the chair. You can experiment with that. Again, this is in, on the level of a suggestion. And you can see whether that works, but I find that, that it actually helps the, almost like the body to be uh, straight, coming more out of, uh, almost of the settling of the mind and not so much needing really the support of the chair. So see if that works for you. Generally speaking, um, one of the uh, perks of concentration practice is that we're not hanging, you know, hanging out necessarily for a long time with physical discomfort. And it, generally speaking, we, we let, if there are any sensations in the body, we let those be part of the background. And, and as we were exploring earlier, there's a sense in which, uh, I think this was there in some in Philip's instruction uh, before lunch, but we let there be kind of a foreground and a background. And the foreground is the breath. And there can be things in the background that we don't necessarily give attention to. There can be some sensation in the body, there can be thoughts, there can be feelings that are there that maybe are just happening, not real strong necessarily, but they're just happening. And we just stay with the breath. We just stay with the primary object and let those sensations or sometimes thoughts and feelings just be there in the background. Sometimes when the sensations may become very, very strong, where where it's it's hard to stay with the breath, uh, what I often do at those times is I actually shift or I stand up for a while stand up for a minute or two and sit back down. Um, Again, this is my own, this has been helpful for me uh, because we really want to stay with the breath. And if something else is becoming quite strong to the point of taking over attention, it's, it's harder to be with the breath. Anyway, again, I offer that as something which has been quite helpful for me. Uh, Not that we all necessarily have that approach or share, share that approach. And, but that sense of foreground and background is also quite helpful, I find, uh, for example, during meals or during other experiences where we can really stay with the breath um, as much as we can as foreground. But there are a lot of other things happening in the meals. There are a lot of sensations. And the key is just to, in my experience, is to keep with the breath. Sometimes I sit in a meal and I say, okay, the breath is 30%. <laughs> or 40%, and there's 60% of tastes and smells. And, and I think we just want to keep that continuity going with the, with the breath. Another tool that some people find helpful, which many of you know from uh, your practice in the past, is that we can sometimes help the settling process with the breath by either using the label in and out with the in-breath and the out-breath. So we have a very soft label where we say in with the in-breath, out with the out-breath. In that case, the label is very, very soft. Almost all the attention is with the breath. We have to watch that if we use this technique because sometimes that can we can be very focused on the label, but we really want to have that be very soft. We can also use a uh, technique of counting the breaths. You know, different, there are different ways that's done. The, one way, the way that I learned was to count, um, with the, the, count the in-breath and out-breath as one and count up to eight and then count backward. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and repeat. And the, uh, again, the numbers, very, very soft in the mind. Maybe 5% of the attention, 95% right on the breath. And these can be helpful, especially at the beginning of a retreat, to help us settle attention. And they can easily, uh, 
not be so necessary uh, at a certain later point in the retreat. So they can be helpful if you, if you want to use those. Maybe one more thing to say, you know, in, to continue that theme that uh, Adrian gave of what she called unplugging, <laughs> you know, or that sense of um, maybe, know, maybe it was um, Andrea, I'm not sure, but that sense of unplugging. And if there are persistent thoughts that are there from yesterday, the day before, our life outside, just to very gently note them and say, thank you. <laughs> and just to go back to the breath. You know, and sometimes, sometimes we have to be a little firmer and we say, no, not now. And so we'll, we'll talk more about those kind of ways of working with persistent thoughts, but we can really notice them if there are repetitive thoughts. Notice them and give some um, special energy to just really catching them early, not following them, and really coming more and more just to be here and be here with this practice. So if some of those suggestions were helpful, please use them and we'll sit now.
We have some time if there are any uh, questions about our practice thus far, and I'll, I will repeat the questions. Please. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so the question is about uh, having some fretting, some uh, mental activity thinking in relationship to choosing uh, where to be with the breath, to, to committing, <laughs> to committing to be with one place. And uh, let me ask a question. Um, is there a place that you attend to the breath in your everyday practice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there is a uh, practicing with the breath there. Um, I think th- basically that could be fine. You know, that, that uh, there's no uh, perfect place. There, there are, you know, different pros and cons for being with different parts of the breath for different individuals. And I think it's really just to find something where you're reasonably comfortable and just stay with that. And uh, I mean, you can experiment a little bit, but I think it's good to to settle fairly soon. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you might consider just staying with where it's familiar. That, that That will bring the momentum from your past practice. Thanks. And all of these questions, we can also, in our one-on-ones, talk about them with, with the teacher. There may be some complications I'm not aware of. Yeah. Um, please. Um, what is the goal? Yeah, the goal of concentration practice? Okay, well... <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Well, those, those are two different questions, but I'll um, let me. The the one uh, I I want to really support that is a great. That your initial question is really great. You know, what is the aim of this? And Philip will give more detail tonight in his talk. And Adrian gave uh, a one-line answer to that question this morning. She said, uh, you know, quoting the Buddha, that, that the, those who develop concentration well can see things as they are. Uh, and so the aim of our practice is to really strengthen the, we might say, the capacity of concentration. And the reason we do that is not for the value of concentration in itself, but it's, it's really that with that increased concentration, we can see more easily through habitual thinking, both in retreat and in daily life, that we can cut through. We can cut through a lot of the habitual thinking, habitual energy, and that we can really notice more clearly uh, where we're stuck, as well as seeing more the nature of our minds and the nature of our being. And that's really the aim. So this is one of the factors in the uh, Eightfold Path, traditionally, and it's uh, very connected with mindfulness. But we, we uh, practice in a specialized ret- retreat like this because it's very, very valuable to strengthen our concentration generally, you know. And it's not so much that we expect to get to this level or that level. We just go from where we are and we strengthen the concentration. And that has, that has uh, numerous uh, benefits. 
you know, which we'll be talking about in the, in the uh, probably both a little bit in the instructions, but mostly in the evening talks. We'll be really bringing that out. So there, there are a number of benefits. And um, what to expect? Expect the possibility of deepening concentration. <laughs> um, please. Yeah. Yeah, so the question is in walking particularly, it sounds like not not so much the sitting, there's um, there's uh, uh the sound of the breath becomes more predominant and is this also a way to attend to the breath. Um, I would answer it from my own practice that there's a uh, value of staying with the breath in the same way. At least as your, you know, at least as the foreground. You know, it might be part of the background and that's fine, but the foreground will be exploring in the, you know, the next days some of the aspects of concentration practice. And one of them has to do, Philip mentioned it briefly, has to do with really aiming at a discrete object or a discrete uh, way that we attend to the breath and staying with that rather than saying, should I attend to the sound? Should I attend to the, the felt sense? What's more predominant now? We want to really stay with one way of, of being with the breath generally. That's how, that's how I would answer it at least. Yeah. Um, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how to stay with the breath when there are pauses and sometimes the breath is very subtle, hard to find sometimes. And um, again, for I'll, I'll give how I would respond to that is, is that I try to attend to the breath generally in kind of a, an area. You know, I attend to the breath in the, at the area of the nostrils and I sort of just hold attention there. And sometimes the actual sensation of the breath is hard to find or hard to notice, but I still keep the attention in that area. And so the, uh, the focus can still remain even if the sensations of the breath are very, very subtle. Yeah. Thanks. Um, please. Can I give the instructions for walking and staying with the breath? Um, I could ask Andrea to do that again, <laughs> or I could, I, I could hear, I could hear, yeah, I could, and we actually had Philip's version as well, you know. So, um, so the the uh, I'll give I'll give what I take to be the essence of it and bringing together the different instructions. Uh, we want to keep uh, that continuity of practice with the breath. So again, we were, we were saying that it can be very easily to hear the bell and just say, oh, okay, you know, what's for lunch <laughs> or whatever. And we want to really encourage that sense of the bell rings and it's the staying with the breath, right? And so that moves, uh, that's, we stay with that as we get up, as we move to walking. So in some sense, the walking and the sitting are continuous in that, in that sense. And but what we do in the walking is that we bring in a uh, more complex activity and we bring in an activity at which there are other sensations that, that uh, are there. And so generally what we do, again, we've, we've had a few different takes on how to do that. Generally, we stay with the breath in the walking uh, Andrea talked about adding the awareness of the breath to the sensations that might be there with the body. But we do intend to connect with the breath in the walking. 
And so we, we may have background sensations of the body as we walk, but we try, try to stay with the breath uh, in the place that we're watching it. And then in terms of some of the other guidelines, the, we can uh, walk in terms of the speed of walking. It doesn't matter in the same way that it does with certain kinds of mindfulness practice, where we may be very slow with the walking, that we can... Uh, actually uh, could walk a normal speed. It really has to do with the quality of the uh, focus and the concentration. And we could uh, do normal speed walking. We could walk, you know, uh, a little slower than normal. Uh, but the, and so the speed uh, doesn't matter in the same way that it sometimes does in other contexts. So we, we could, you know, we, the main thing is just to stay with the breath and stay with, you know, and you know, be with whatever is also in the background. And then we, but we do counsel walking back and forth in the path as opposed to just wandering. That uh, generally that, that helps contain the energy in the mind and, and helps with the deepening of uh, practice. And uh, Andrea also had a wonderful uh, technique, which she mentioned, I think generally, but she mentioned it in the context of the walking instructions, which was to sometimes ask a question, what would help me relax? Or how can I be more with the breath? And we kind of listen for an intuitive response. So but I think those are, those are the main guidelines uh, that, that I see. Yeah, thank you. I think maybe one more, yeah, please. Oh yeah, very good. Uh, Do we keep the eyes uh, open or closed? Uh, Generally, we keep them closed. When we walk, we keep them open. (laughs) But not very much. It could be, it could be minimally as, as was, was said, we want to, we, we have this sense of really settling into our own being and not and not really taking in sensations in the same way that we might do otherwise. And so we, we can actually walk and the, the, the eyes can be open enough to navigate, you know, so uh, thank you. So please continue. And uh, again, that as we uh, get uh, further into the retreat, that sense of continuity and just the sense of ease and coming back each moment as much as possible with ease and relaxation. It, it's a, um, a capacity which can take some time to develop. It's, it brings together qualities which in our culture are often separate, right? So there's some conditioning. Many of us, you know, we can concentrate, but we're a little tight. And if we're relaxed, we can't really stay with something. So here we're learning to be relaxed and to really stay with what's, what's um, uh, stay with the breath. So it, it can take some time, but just to keep with those guidelines of ease, relaxation, and persistence and staying with it. Okay, thank you. And just one short thing: we have uh, fifty minutes for walk, fifteen minutes for walking before tea. And then, if you would pick up a chant sheet on your way into the hall for the six forty-five sit, and they'll be on the door, by the door on a chair as you come in. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.